When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place. Uh, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp, shrimp rolls, and, and steak, steak, and, and, and chicken uh, skewers, and um, rice bowls, and just a bunch of bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bao, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry, it moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao Restaurant downtown Auburn, and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. Hey, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us on this Saturday morning. Getting ready for another college football weekend. Auburn Auburn game, Auburn-Alabama State here at 11 a.m. And I uh, hope everybody's going to have an awesome, awesome weekend. Joining me, as always, on Saturday mornings, this is our special Modcast version, or the Mod Squad, as Jeffrey likes to call it, which I love. Squad goals, baby. Three. Mod squad. You got to come up with a different one every week now. And now you got squad goals. So you got to have something different every week. Um, Jeffrey and Cole, what's up, fellas? What's up? Cole. Man. Cole, yeah. your, hair, your hair is looking fly today, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Probably the last one needs to be making hair jokes. But uh, hey, no product. No products either. Just straight up. Just straight newborn baby hair. That's it, man. That's it. Looks like you had a long day. Just like you push, like you, you put your hands through your hair and you're like, forget this, man. More like a long night. Woke up and said, hair is an afterthought. Let's let's get let's get to the modcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh Justin, man, I hear you. Justin, have we decided that at some point we will go video on this thing? Yes. Ooh. Really? Yeah, we need we 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 need to, yes. Cool. I agree. Yeah, and we, we need to. So Give the people y'all start, what right? Y'all start picking out, um, you know, a spot where you want to do it, um, like around your house or or, or outside or, or you know, I don't know, some, something put something with some good lighting. Y'all, y'all, y'all kind of figure out a spot and we'll 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 do it. We'll put it on YouTube or something. I don't know. But All right. We'll, yeah, we can do it. We can put clips. That's the goal. That's the goal. All right. Sweet. Well, we got Alabama State this weekend. Um, Similar to Akron, you know, it's a team that Auburn's going to roll over most likely. I think they're 38-point favorites or something like that. I mean, it's similar to last weekend. Um, I saw 49. Oh, is it 49? Yeah, I saw somewhere as well. 49. That's crazy. Um, Well, Cole, I mean, start with you. 49-point favorite, yep. What is it, 49? Yeah. Jeez. Oh boy. Um, well, Cole, I mean, start with you, dude, because you put up your five questions, and I was kind of curious how you would approach that because it's such a similar game to Akron in terms of you, Auburn's going to win. So, so what are you looking for? Um, what are you What are you looking for as our as our resident football um, analyst and, and expert? By the way, if you don't, if you're not, if you didn't tune into the real time analysis um, that that Cole does at auburnlive.com during the game, you really should because oh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it, 
it's really cool. I mean, just open it up on your phone and, and get the page up and just refresh it um, or refresh it on your computer. Basically, he's live blogging and he's putting his thoughts as the game goes on. So, you know, you can just refresh it and sit there and see what he's seeing from the press box and uh, breaking things down. And then it makes awesome Sunday reading too, like going back and reliving it. So I just want to give a shout out to that. Um, I think it's a unique piece of content that people should check out. But what do you think, Cole? Alabama State, what are, what are, what are, what's Auburn trying to accomplish in, in this game? Well, uh, you know, Auburn looked as good as you, as you want them to look last week. And, and the main thing is that you want them to look like that again because you're playing a similar opponent. You don't want to come out flat after a big week. Uh, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be a huge challenge for them. But but the challenge is to stay out of your own way, right? To continue to execute like you did last week, and 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 there's room for improvement even from last week. I mean, guys like Bo Nix can be more accurate. That's hard to believe if you look at his stats, but but he made he made it tough for a few of the receivers to make catches sometimes and. Uh, you know, he could be more timely with his throws with those. A lot of the stuff was timing routes, you know, so it, it relies on timing and he just wasn't perfect there. Just not, you know, not in the coach's standards anyway. That I'm sure that they got on him about that this week. So that's something that he's he's going to work on. And then you got, you know, it's hard to remember, but in the beginning of the game, Akron ran the ball just a little bit. I mean, they didn't, they didn't uh, game break or anything like that, but they – they had some success running football, but they got down so quick they had to stop doing that. So, um, you know, if if Alabama State has some success early and they saw that, they say maybe we can run the football and and maybe they uh, commit to that more and, and and we'll see if Auburn's defensive line has got a weakness there. So that's something to look at as well. Uh, other than that, it's just the execution. The, the, you you want to limit penalties again. Not many penalties at all last time and, and, uh, and, and keep – executing the plays and the, and the zone schemes and the, the things that you want to be really good at later down the road. So. What do you think, Jeffrey? Well, you know, going back to last week, the things that I wanted to see in that game were an improved football team, more disciplined football team. I saw everything that I wanted to see against um, the Akron squad, probably and more. Like I, I was very impressed with Auburn's performance last yeah. week, all around, man, all around. Uh, I want to see that again this week. I think the most important thing right now with Penn State on the road next weekend, the number one thing for today is staying healthy. As uh, as as bad as you want to, um, you know, get that work in and need to get some more work in. You also want to get those guys out and not have any injuries. And I don't think Auburn had much. You know, Kobe Wooden last week. I think it was in the first quarter. I know it was in the first half. Uh, made a sideline tackle and. Boy, I thought he would broken his arm or something. I don't know if y'all saw that. Yeah, he was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he was back like 10 plays later, um, which I gave him hell for after maybe the game. Maybe a dislocation? I, I don't know. He had that brace on. I, they didn't say anything what it was, but I, maybe he dislocated it, popped it back in. I don't know. Was it, it like, his shoulder? Maybe a stink. Like was it his elbow or his, or his shoulder? I mean, I honestly couldn't tell. But well, it definitely wasn't as bad as uh, – as uh, the the Tampa Bay Bucks guy Thursday night, did y'all see that? No. Yeah. Oh, I didn't <laughs> see was, that injury. It was John Theismann's son. You remember that, right? What was it? The I mean, yes, I Not, remember Theismann. Was it an ankle or a leg? It was his. It was like his uh his arm. Oh, geez. his, his yeah, arm Theismann bone like sticking out of his elbow. <laughs> it was and it was no, dumb. I don't. It was it was bad, dude. It was bad. It was rough. Very rough. But am I saying, am I remembering that correctly? Was it John Theismann for the Redskins? He, he yeah. had a, it was his leg. Lawrence Taylor broke his leg. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah LT. Yeah. That damn yeah, yeah. crack, that damn crack will make you play whack. Oh. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> he got up, man. LT got up and just like LT got up and literally started screaming at the sign, like, get on the field. Yeah. This dude yeah. Is hurt. Yep. Like, this dude is. Oh. Yeah, that was nasty. Can't, uh, can't hardly think about that. It's been, I don't know how long ago, 25, 30 years. <laughs> uh, but, yes, for tomorrow, um, that's what I want to see. Most importantly, or, or not tomorrow, today, is uh, the freaking honeybees, baby. <laughs> the honeybees are coming to town, man. I haven't seen them since 2018. 
And if y'all haven't seen the halftime show of Alabama State, if you're going to the game today, stay in your seats, watch that halftime show by Alabama State Band, and they got some beautiful women. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's going that's going that's going to do some they going to dance and they going to shake it up. It's real fun, Alabama man. State. Is not going to bring a crowd. Trust me, they'll bring it for the halftime show. I promise you that. Yes, and it's worth it, man. It's worth it. Uh, I'll, uh, I enjoy it, man. I that 2018 when they last came to Auburn, I was amazed <laughs> and um, very entertained. So big. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Honey Bees. We'll be looking forward to that. As far as the <laughs> game, I think I think Auburn beat them 60 something to 10 or 63 to nine, maybe back in 2018. Hmm. I don't think it'll be that bad this week because I think we'll start seeing more. Um, just to stay healthy, I think we're going to see a lot more substitution early on. I mean, I, I think it'll be a blowout. I think 49, Auburn probably beat them by 50, yeah, you know, something like that. But uh, looking forward to seeing another game of consistency, discipline. Um, just, just what we saw last week, which was leaving going, man, this is a good football team. And they got a damn good chance to go to Penn State next week. And, and come away with an upset. If I'm not mistaken, Penn State's favored by uh, was it a touchdown or less? It was a touchdown at one point. I didn't even look at it, but I would imagine it's a touchdown or less. I mean, I would yeah. imagine by the time that game plays, it's going to be, you know, I think it was seven six, preseason, six, seven points. Yeah, five, six points. I think like it's that. down to about five, but I'll, I'll have to check on that. But anyways, yeah. To me, the most important thing today is staying healthy for Auburn, having a good performance, not losing your momentum. Um, getting better, more disciplined, and being ready to go up to Penn State fully healthy and with a lot of confidence in both sides as well as special teams. And uh, I think that's the, that game next weekend could really set a tone um, for a first half of the season. You know, you think about Auburn's first half of the season. You got Penn State, you got LSU, uh, Georgia, Georgia State. So let's see. And then Georgia's after Georgia State, if I'm not mistaken. No, LSU. Yeah, LSU, LSU, yeah, LSU Georgia, then Georgia. Yeah. Um, you make it to game six, five and one. Who knows? Six and oh, five and one, though. It, you know, you've uh, you got a we got a great shot at finishing strong and having a very successful first year campaign under Brian Harson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the Penn State LSU games are to exceed expectations. Yes. These are two games. That, that Penn State and LSU on the road, yes, but to e- exceed expectations, those are two that you're pointing at, probably in addition to at Texas A&M, but A&M's better than those two teams. These two at Penn State at LSU are the two that you're pointing at and saying if they can win one, they've got a good chances at exceeding expectations versus um, just kind of kind of meeting them. By the way, you're right, 63-9 to nine. Was yeah. the was the win in 2018? Auburn was ranked seventh in the country at the time. Wow! Um, it was a September 8th game, so similar to yes, similar to this one. Um, yeah, 63 to nine beat down. So it'll probably be uh, probably be something similar. I think the injury thing is. I mean, I think you're right about that. If you know, if I had, if you had to choose and say, all right, Auburn, you know, if you're looking at maturity or consistency or rhythm or or healthy, I, I would I would. I would choose stay healthy. Um, you know, if it was stay healthy, but they kind of look eh, sloppy, I would take that over <clears throat> a, a consistent game that, that that showed some rhythm, but then they had an injury that that really could hurt them. So they want to stay right. healthy, and hopefully they do it. The, the main thing Coach Harson talked about on Monday was maturity with this football team. He said, no matter you know highs lows, doesn't matter. I want to see them do the same thing this week that they did last week. I want to see the same thing, practice, put it into a game. Um, and, and, and be repetitive. And um, that's who Coach Harson is. So that's what he's going to expect from his team always. And so I, I think that's maybe a big indicator. If you see Auburn come out and do the same and look the same way, regardless of opponent, if they look the same way, sharp, very few penalties, no turnovers, no messing around, um, you know, score, they scored every time they got the ball in the first half against Akron. If they come out and do that again, it's a good sign. I don't care about the opponent. It's a good sign of a team that's dialed in mm-hmm. and, and focused and, and, and worrying about the little things in a mature team um, versus if they come out and, and somehow look a little bit sloppy. Um, that, that would be – man, they're going to win the game. But, yeah, if they can come out and look dialed in, I think that would be 
I think that would be a uh, huge Cole, Is there anything from an execution standpoint or a schematic standpoint or a personnel standpoint that they can do that you didn't see Saturday? I mean, you can only do what the opponent, I mean, you're only deal with the opponent out there, but the secondary wasn't tested. They're not going to be tested this week. Um, you know, I mean, like, what can you do if you're Auburn? That is there is there is there personnel that you didn't get involved that, that maybe you can get more involved? Could they? You know, I'm trying to think of things I didn't see against Akron. Maybe you know they hit Shedrick Jackson on that post, but I didn't see any deep balls other than the Javaris play action. You know that one. I didn't necessarily see a whole bunch of shots past those two. Um, I'm sure they're going to be saving everything. Gosh, you're going to see a ton of new stuff against Penn State. Um, but what, is there anything? Anything you would you, you would like to see, or that they can maybe show and say, "Hey, we, we didn't see this Saturday. What can we what can we get a few reps in this week that stands out?" Yeah, I, I think you'll see more of the same, but but maybe uh, I was a little surprised that they weren't under center more than they were. They were under center, you know, maybe four or five times in the first half, if that. And I expected a little bit more of that, but yeah, that's true. They, uh, you know, I want to see, I kind of want to see the run game from under center a little more. Um, when they went under center the first time, I think it was the first or second time they did the play action. Uh, and I think that was the touchdown to, to Varus Johnson, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. They did it again the very next play on the next drive and threw it up to Shedrick. So it was play action both times. Uh, you know, I think that's where your deep shots are going to come from when you're kind of, least expecting it. They get under center. They get in the heavy personnel. Both of the times they took the deep shots, they had 12 personnel, so you had the two tight ends. Looks like they're going to run the football, but they didn't. They threw it deep. So, uh, you know, in order to keep that surprise element, you you need to run the football from that look too. So uh, I want to see that. I want to see them run the football, whether it's the zone run, you know, your counters, your powers, your stuff like that. Whatever it is, just hand it off from from – under center because not only is that different for you know your play calling your your scheme and all that but it's different for the running back I mean you know he's looking at the offensive line he's got a longer time to to see it develop and it can be really beneficial down the road if they can get under center and and pound away at people when they have to so these are the games where you refine that these are the games where you figure that out and you get better at it so when, and when you're in crunch time, you can you can go to it and uh, and and be comfortable with it. So that's one thing. And then maybe as far as personnel, um, let's see some more tight ends get involved. I'd like to see deal oh, you and your problem. tight ends, man. Shit, you're not happy enough with Shanker? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I can't I can't just take Shanker. I gotta have more. We got some tight ends with some good hands, man. I've seen Deal make good catches. I I think from the last time Auburn played five tight ends in a game. Five. They played five tight ends. That's a good trivia question. I I, I would not know that. I'm answer. not going to look it up. I'm just asking it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe back in the wing T days, uh, the the wishbone days. Maybe. If maybe not even. Four, I mean, played a lot. I mean, Landon King played. You know, but but from Deal, from Deal and 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 Shanker played it played a ton. I mean, they, yep. they played a ton, blocking and you know, doing all kinds of stuff. Landon King like, and Brand and Brandon were your five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brand, yeah, Brandon yeah. Uh, Frazier. Frazier, yes. Frazier. I liked yeah. the goal look one time. They went into 14 personnel, four tight ends. I saw that. That was, that was awesome. And you had Schenker at fullback, I believe. So that was really cool. Is that when they were sent in motion? I think uh, yeah, they, they Frazier big, was already – It was a big shift, yeah. 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 I thought that was 13, but I didn't realize there were 14, uh, four tight ends oh. in there. There's three tight ends, but I guess you would count Schenker as a tight end as well. He was just at fullback, sure. right? Right on. So there were four yeah. tight ends in the game, whether they were lined up a tight end or not. Correct. And and on that note, I mean, they also had they would go twelve personnel, but have Schenker in the slot. So yeah, that's still twelve personnel. He's just not lined up a tight end. I mean, they got so many different ways of doing things. Hey, uh, what are y'all thinking about? Maybe a shutout this uh, this morning. I mean, yeah, you called it last week. They they really, I mean, they really should have done it. I mean, in all reality, they they would have shut them out. Uh, if Cole hadn't have posted it. Yeah, let me just <laughs> apologize for that. You know, 
<laughs> I probably shouldn't For have those said listening that. at home, I, I called a shutout last week and about what midway through the fourth quarter, maybe late yeah. in the third quarter. Yeah, Cole they goes, all yeah. The fourth, yeah. Yeah, Cole goes, yeah, Jeffrey Lee called a, a you know perfect game here today. It looks like we're about to get it. And uh, about that time, they scored. But I'm <laughs> looking good. at uh, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama State has only played one game. They played Miles last week. Miles, the Golden Bears from Miles College. Alabama State scored one touchdown against the Mighty Miles Golden Bears in four quarters. Now, they scored in overtime and actually won 14 to 13. But – they scored one touchdown against the Miles Golden Bears, which would lead me to believe Auburn might could do better. The thing is, is, you know, late in the second half, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, you know, somebody and, give up a big play or what. But I think the possibility is there again tomorrow or uh, today. And if I remember right, their their touchdown drive was they're not a busted did Eric Reed not bust a bust a play on that where he he misplayed and the guy took it down the sideline for a big gain? Did, did, was that not their touchdown drive where he misplayed somebody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe so. Wasn't that when? But their touchdown it was right after Cola tweeted this. I, th- I thought it was by Darius Knighton on the play well, itself. Yeah, yeah right, right. Itself, yeah. It was a ter- yeah, it was a terrible miss. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said somebody was talking about the secondary, and they're like, "I didn't really see much." And you're like, "The only player that you're like, well, but I remember Benares Knighton, yeah, because he's the he's the only like you saw him get beat. That's the only thing you saw from the secondary. Yeah. Him him give up a touchdown. It was like he knew that I had called a shutout, and it was like, "Sorry, son." Yeah, that was not a good time to miss a tackle. You're you're kind uh, of course. You, now they, they were in the inside the twenty, were they not? Yeah, I and mean, they had moved the ball, and he may have scored anyway. But it's, it was just a terrible angle, is what the problem was. So it was a bad angle. Yes, it was. A, it was a very bad angle. A shutout. So I mean, you're calling a shutout. Y'all were y'all were both pretty close. I mean, they should have shut him out. Uh, Cole had some. Cole called Shanker, um, ha- having a having a good game. We'll see. You know, somebody asked me on the radio. They they asked me about the tight ends, and I thought my comment was, first of all, you know, for people that don't know, a little context. The the, the best season by a tight end. Just going back, the last time was Yuzuma had 11 catches in in, thir- in 13 and 14. That's all he had? 11. He never had more than 11 in a season. Holy cow. Um, but a lot and and Lussie had 25. Lussie had, had 24 in 2011. 24. And he had like 15 in maybe 12 or, or something. Like that. He had 15 as well. But, yeah, so, so I mean, Shanker's going Shanker's gonna to threaten that 24 for sure. Um Shanker only had nine last year, so he's, I mean, he's going he's gonna to pass that probably Saturday um, today. I wonder what the, the, yeah, the single it's season. Insane that, yeah, I mean, be curious. Zuma's, yeah, I'd have to go back and look at single season. I don't know what Lutz had that eleven season. I need to go back and look. Um, well, that was twenty four. Um, yeah, so I mean, he he, he absolutely could. But is that an Auburn record? Yes. I for a tight end. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. My look. I have to think like, uh, Cooper Wallace back in two thousand four had to have had some. At least twenty catches, right? I don't know. You know, Robert. I go back to. I don't know. Robert Johnson. I don't know. He was a red zone target. I don't know how many catches he had between the twenties back in the day. Um, you got to think back in the eighties. Walter Reeves. Those guys were were um, used a lot. But I'd be, I'd be curious to know because they didn't play as many games. I'd be curious to know what the single season re- record for receptions from a tight end is because I would imagine if if Shanker averages. I mean, he had five in the first game. Let's just say he averages three over the next 11 games. That's, what, 38 regular season receptions from a tight end, uh, which I would have to think. I mean, even though they, they were more uh, significant in the offense back in the 80s and 90s, they didn't throw the ball as much as they do now. They didn't have as many plays in games as they do now. So I, I can imagine. I, I would think Lutzi's 24 and 11 would be pretty high up there, if not number one. I'll see if Kirk. It's going to be up there. I'm going to look it yeah. up while we're talking. It's going to be up there. But but they asked me, you know, what, you know, the, the thoughts of Shanker. And my thought was that they'll only probably rely on him more. I mean, do, what do y'all think about that? I mean, I, I was like, well, I mean, look, they're going to get into SEC play. So to me, finding receivers and in, in that game, to me, that's going to be tougher. So to me, people like Shanker and Bigsby out of the backfield will only be more important as the season goes on in SEC play. So I don't, if I'm trying to look at Shanker's yeah. five and say, eh, is that just kind of a, you know, is it a one, is it, is it probably not going to be like that every week? I, I almost think it's, 
not going to be more than five, but I don't think it's going to go down when you get an SEC play. I would think he'd be no. more more important if we're talking about can he can he catch thirty balls this season easily. And I think like yeah. you, like you said, Justin, when the the better the defenses, in my opinion, the more the tight end is going to be utilized. The, yeah. the better the pass rush, the the, the more you're going to see the tight end being targeted. Well, here's here's how I look at it too. Uh, if you have a defense, if you have if you're playing against a stout defensive line, the best way to create some running lanes is to throw some tight ends in the mix because they've got to appreciate it. They have to. they got to widen out their front. So, you know, do they get used in the passing game? It, the, the tight end is so important to your offense in that way. It, it's just there's so many possibilities. And, and with them running four at a time in there at a time, you know, at least once, there's a lot of different things they can continue to build on with that. As a re- as a receiver though, yeah, Shinker's I, I think the I think thirty is easy is an easy possibility for catches for him. I, I didn't realize Cole, you sold me on Shinker, I think it was last week or maybe the the week before. Like Yeah, I think you, you love the guy. Yeah. From you. I, I'm 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 buying in. <laughs> yeah, he Yeah, he looked good. He looks comfortable. I mean, he looks like he's done it before, you know. So that that was surprising to me. I, I thought maybe he'd get targeted a few times, but five times and and make five catches on all targets. Yeah, I mean, that exceeded my expectations a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But yeah, Justin, do you know how many he had player. last year? Do you know how many? Well, he had nine. Shanker had nine catches last year. Yep. How many? Do you have it up? I'll be curious to know how um, many. No, I just remember looking at it. He okay. had nine, and then okay. went back to to Yuzuma. There was one year it was like, I mean, it was, it was, gosh, I mean, nobody. It was um. Hell, they ain't had a time. What's yet. crazy about Yuzuma is Yuzuma. Let's see, his last year was probably fourteen. So I mean, he's been in the league probably seven years now, CJ, and and his best year at Auburn was eleven catches, and he's and he's and he's, <laughs> I mean, he's he's pushing. Being in the NFL a decade, that's, that's how good crazy. he's been and reliable. He's he only yeah. got 11 balls, uh, his best year at Auburn. Wow. Yep. Yep. What an underutilized. And the kid, I mean, we like you could see him. I mean, he was, yeah, Shanker had nine. The year before that, you'd have to go to Shanker had three. That was the best in 19. 18, you had Sal Canella with 12, who really wasn't even a tight end. He was a receiver. Shanker had three in 18. 17, you had. Sal Canella again with with three. Jalen Harris had one. I mean, so so Canella's not a tight end; like he's a receiver. Um, I mean, sixteen, two thousand sixteen. You have Jalen Harris with two. <laughs> that was which a is team not lead. like that. Like Jalen Harris was not even. Those are like wow. nobody's open. Like somehow he got the ball. That's right, you know, right. Like the miracle he got two. There was um, there was never a design play to a tight no. end. No, fifteen. There's no. There's fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. There's not a tight end in the top fourteen in catches. Nobody. I don't think one. Nobody called it. No tight end. Cameron Petway had a catch. No tight ends had a catch. I think. I think I recall one play that was a throwback screen to the tight end, and it was Jalen Harris, and yeah. he got, and his legs went up in the air, and then I never saw him again. That was it. <laughs> yeah, Br- Brandon Full. Let's see. No. Uh, yeah. Here we go. So two thousand fourteen. CJ Azuma caught eleven in fourteen, and Fultz caught. Two that year, and then in thirteen, Yuzuma caught eleven again. So he just won a game. No more than that. You can't do more than one a game. And then, and then Lutz had fifteen and twelve. He had twenty four and eleven, and he had fifteen in two thousand ten. So that's the best three year run Auburn's had in a in a long, long time. And then Trot had eleven in two thousand nine. So Trot. ten, eleven, twelve with with Lutz was fifteen, twenty four, fifteen. And then you had Yuzuma with 11 11. And then, and then literally, if I added up 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, Shanker might beat those six years combined this year. Wow. I still would say Cooper Wallace back in 2004 had to have 20 catches. That would be the last time that a tight end hit 20. Cooper and Wallace was a stud, 04. He may not have even hit that many, but it just seems like he did. Yeah, they had Cooper Wallace and Cole Bennett back then. Um, yeah, Cole. Cole too. was from Brentwood. Yeah. Um, and Cooper was from uh, – was he not from up there too? You had Cooper and you had John Vaughn. You had that whole group from yeah, uh, yeah, that's from right. Brentwood. 
Uh, let's see. I've got you right here, Cole. 2004. Co- hey, Cooper Wallace caught some balls. Al, Al Board just loved the tight end. Yeah. Cooper Wallace, as a freshman, had eight receptions. As a sophomore in 03, he had 16. 04, as a junior, he had 19. And 05, as a senior, he had 20. Hey. So that's uh, 35. Right. 55, about 63 catches in his career. 63 catches in his Auburn career. Yep, yeah. that was that was kind of it. Tight end was not featured as much after that. Well, they killed. I mean, back then you you were you know your play action with with Carnell and Ronnie and those running and Kenny Irons. You're running play action and he's crossing the field, Cooper, and you you were really you did it and the he, right way. I mean, Auburn could run the ball so well then. And he averaged 15 yards a catch. Yeah. Mm. 13, 13 over four years, he averaged 13 yards a catch. That's impressive. Major. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, so I would, I would expect more from Shanker. He looked good, looked like a target, and I think you'll see more, more of him. Um, I was kind of curious about Bigsby. You know, one of my bold predictions was that Tank Bigsby would catch 30 balls this year. He's off to a, a slow start with one. But... Um, you know, I think that'll pick up in SEC play. Might not get to 30. It was supposed to be a bold prediction. I also said Bonix would complete 65% of his passes, so he's off to a good start. He's off to a good start there. By the way, Bonix on the radio this week said 85% is his goal in his mind. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I think he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was, what, 12 for 12 before I jinxed him. I think he missed. Was he, was he 11 or 12 or 12? It was like well, at least that, yeah. He let, he missed his next pass, and, and I think he had a drop. Did he not? Kobe Hudson dropped was, one that was, was not great, but it – Yeah, you know, yeah. Caught it. Yeah. Well, I, if he finished, what, 20 of 22? Right. Yeah. Oh, shoot. You can't ask for more, man. No. That's about as good as you can ask for. I, I, I'm talking about even if you don't have a defense in practice, you, commit, you, you complete 20 of 22, you've had a good day. Yeah. Just on air. That's good. <laughs> That's right. Give some uh, credit though to the receivers. I, they made some good catches too. I, I was, I was thinking like Justin was saying earlier. I was thinking that tight ends and running backs would be used in the passing game more to help the receivers. But uh, you know, it, it looks like it looks like receivers were were maybe a little bit better than we thought they were going to be too. I, I thought they made some good catches. So. That's my only question mark. Not my only question mark. That's still a question mark to me is the receivers. Um, you know, Shedrick is fine. Five catches, you know, other than the post route, pretty basic routes. You know, Demetrius only had three. Um, Javaris had kind of the one big play. I'm still – I still want to see that group, you know, and, we, and we're not going to see it this week. You got to see it against Penn State. But I want to see that group against good cornerbacks, SEC cornerbacks. I want to yeah. know – Yes. Can Shedrick Jackson, like, okay, he's reliable, all that stuff, cool. Can he run the route and get off? Can he get open? I mean, can can can, can these guys really get open? I, I don't right. know. I don't know yet. And so I, the receivers to me and are, are still a big question mark um, as to, you know, I think that's going to be the test. If, when those guys go against better corners and, and they're not open, what then what does Bo do? Does he dump it down? Does he take the tight end? Does he scramble up the middle? Like we – that's when we'll we'll find that stuff out. So that's probably the, the receivers I'm still uh you know, I don't know how that's gonna play out. I don't know who's gonna step up and be the guy. I, I really don't know. I really think that receiving group could could rotate. Like I think as the season goes on, I think it could be Shedrick. I think one week it could be Demetrius Robertson. I think one week it could be Kobe Hudson. I think one week it could be Javaris Johnson. Like I I don't know if there's a guy. I think each week it could depend on the personnel that could be, could depend on the matchups. It could just be kind of dumb luck on how, how things play out. I, like I, I really do think it could be sort of anybody and everybody at any point in that receiving core, which I don't know, maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe you don't have Seth Williams out there and, and the defense just figures out right, where they're throwing it to him. Maybe if you don't have that guy, it balances it out. I, I'm not sure, but that receiving core still has a lot to prove to me. 
I think that just shows the biggest difference in philosophy between this staff and the old staff because with the old staff, you had role players. You had Seth Williams was the back shoulder guy. Anthony Schwartz was the jet sweep and the deep ball guy at times. Now it's uh, everybody runs, you know, everybody runs different things. Everybody does everything. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, what y'all think of Jarquez Hunter? Uh, great, great first game. I mean, I think he showed everybody what he's capable of doing. Uh, is he is he somebody now in your mind that needs to be the number? By the way, I said this in in the what we learned um, piece um, on on Monday or Tuesday. Shivers will never not be the number two back. Like he'll never not be listed as the number two back um, because of you know his his leadership and his his status with the team. He'll be on the depth chart number two, um, but. Do, do we need to see more from Hunter or did you see something in that game that said, that's your number, that's your number two back. Like if Bigsby gets 18 carries in a game, 20 carries a game, Hunter should get the next Hunter should get at least eight carries a game. I mean, or, or, or is Akron that bad? I, I didn't see an, I mean, Shivers touched the ball three times and had two touchdowns. It's not like he had a bad day. Jeffrey, what did you think about? I think when you're talking about it, uh, to me, it's not who's, who's backing up tank to me. It's, who's got the second most carries. Like, yeah. I mean, Hunter might be number three on the depth chart, but in my mind, he's going to be number two in carries. Shivers is going to have his niche. He always will. He's, he's got value to this team. He's got value to this offense. We've seen it time and time again. Little dude makes plays, man. He finds the end zone. Yeah. Um, he absolutely will and can help Auburn win football games. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the season, when we look back, I think Tank Bigsby's going to have – assuming everybody stays healthy, is going to have the most carries. And I think we're going to see Jarquez Hunter. I think you're going to see him moving in a little bit earlier, you know, in the game. He's going to be start he's going to start coming in a little bit earlier and earlier until until he's 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 the second highest carry guy on the team. That's how, that, that's how I would view the second second string uh tailback. Yeah, Shivers is going to be number two behind Tank on paper all year long. Uh, but in the stat box, I think Hunter, to me, I like the kid, man. Hell, I like, I like, uh, Sean, help me out. Jackson. Sean Jackson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good too. They've got four good running backs. Now I, I'm not saying Auburn can win with Sean Jackson in there every play or every down, but you know, if they didn't have tank, but to me, tank, tank Bigsby, um, Jarquez Hunter. Absolutely. I really like that kid. Um, and then. You know, Shivers is going to have his little niche in the offense. And then Sean's there to provide some some depth if you need it. I really wish this offensive line would – man, I, I wish that they would step up this year because you've got – I mean, Tank Bigsby is – I mean, he is absolutely one of the best backs Auburn's had in the last 20 years. I mean, he's, he's, in, he's up there. Carno, Ronnie, like there have been some great ones. Kenny Irons. Um, Trey Mason, there's a great ones. Tank, all things being equal, all things being equal, Tank Bigsby is in that discussion to me. Like, I think he has that kind of talent. Put, put him behind the same line or the same OC in the same circumstances, whatever. Tank Bigsby is a special player, and I really hope the offensive line is able to rise to the occasion and, and present some opportunities for him And because he's just – the guy is so good. I mean, that play against Akron where he busted through the middle and he is just dragging people was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. He's I mean, so strong to be so small. So he never stops moving his legs, which so many backs, they do. They run, and that guy's focus is leg. He ne- legs don't stop moving. He's like, no matter what, I'm, I'm running, I'm walking, whatever. My legs are moving. They're churning. He's incredible. Right. And Jarquez Hunter, like you said, is, is a good-looking back. And I think – I mean, those guys could be a good one-two punch yeah. behind the right offensive line. Absolutely. And I hope that they can rise to the occasion. Because then you're right. You got Shivers, when you, when you were talking about him, Jeffrey, it made me think of Brad Lester in 2005 when you had Kenny Irons, who was the stud. Yep. And it, but Lester was scoring a touchdown like every 10 or 11 times he, he touched the ball. He'd get a swing pass or he would get – he'd come in for Kenny. Lester provided that home run hitting ability. That's what – I think of Shivers now with this group. Like when you've got Bigsby and, and, and Hunter being able to bring Shivers in and get him the ball in space, like swing it out to him, whatever, that's 
he makes me think of the way Lester was in 05, where it was like, when he touches the ball, he's going to make something happen. Absolutely. Well, there's there's one common thread in all the guys you named. It's it's yards after contact. Yeah. There's nothing better than that in the running back. You, you can tell me about speed. You can tell me about moves. If the guy can run through contact, if he can make yards after he gets hit, he's valuable. And that's what all those guys were able to do. So, you know, that's why maybe a guy like, uh, you know, Cam Martin, who was not really that way, he right. had some big plays. He had a good – he had a, small, a nice little career at Auburn. But, you know, they don't stand out as much because the guys who got the yards after contact were the guys that, that uh, stood out in Auburn history. So, Tank yeah. is that guy. He, he separates himself for that reason. So, that's my question about Hunter. Uh, is, is he that guy too? Because we, I mean, he looks fast. Obviously, he, he's got great acceleration. He, he hit the, he hit the hole, hundred miles per hour when he got out on the on the sideline that one time. He was out running guys with angles. Uh, I just want to see him when it gets clogged up a little bit. Can he get those four tough yards? You know, is that is that the kind of guy he is? Because if he is, then I, I'd say he's he's the he's the guy that needs to get more carries after yeah, tackle. I think he is. I think yep. he is. I think that I think the I think his his physique like if you look at how he's built as a freshman, the, the guy's incredibly strong, which means he has incredible work ethic. It matters to him. Um he's a guy that's probably underrated, right? Like he 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 you know, he ends up at Auburn kind of late in the process. Oh, yeah. I just think everything about him says this is a dude who's gonna be tough and play with a chip on his shoulder, um, and, and be a productive and be a productive bat. Like so, yeah, I, I, yes, you're right about Cam Martin, and I think Hunter's a guy that is going to be a guy that you can that's not going to be taken down easily. He's going to make some he's going to make some plays and keep his legs moving. Oh, yeah. he's, so, he's so strong! I think he had 22 touchdowns in 10 games as a high schooler. Jeez. Uh, yeah, highlights from high school are, are very fun to watch. If you haven't watched them, go back and check it out. He is electric. Well, no, whoever number 44 is for Akron um, is well versed <laughs> in. Uh, Jarquez Hunter. Uh, oh God! I, I watched that game and that last drive. He ran. He he trucked that guy twice. Oh really? Absolutely trucked yeah. him. him where he, he went outside and right when he was about to go out of bounds, that safety came up and Hunter put his shoulder down and knocked that dude onto his butt into the into the sideline. And then a couple plays later, that safety the same safety is the guy that met Hunter at the goal line and he ended up on his butt again. Yeah, I think they had a memorial service for him after the game. <laughs> yeah, that's a but as <laughs> yes, absolutely, Cole. But, but we talking about his recruitment. Yeah, I mean, he he by, by the by star wise, he wasn't a, he wasn't viewed that like game breaker program changer, and he may not be. He's just a freshman. He's played one game, but we're talking about the the uh, Mister Football in the state of Mississippi for five A, who had I think it was seventeen hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns in ten games. I mean, this, this dude showed out, and and that's did I say five A Mississippi football? Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he, he schooled. What were his other offers? He had Mississippi State, like Southern Miss. It was Too nobody. Late. Yeah. I mean, what's the deal with that? What, what, how did Auburn swoop in? I mean, his Harson in them got him, right? Hey, well, his final three was, was Auburn, Iowa, and Mississippi State. Boy, him at Iowa, does that not just seem like a perfect fit? Oh, him yeah. A guy like yeah. Iowa. Oh, my gosh. Wisconsin, I think, was in there late too. That makes a lot. All right. So that makes a lot. All right. So we're good. If Iowa, I'm just going to, if Iowa and Wisconsin are recruiting a running back, like I'll, that's fine. Sign me up. That's right. Same with offensive linemen. I'll take, I'll take anybody that they like for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's such a shame. Who's the offensive lineman Auburn lost to Notre Dame? Uh, Caleb Johnson. Is that it? Last year, right? Or something? Yeah. Flip. From Florida, right? Yeah, he was teammates with Garner Langley. Yeah, man, Notre Dame's another like with them with offensive linemen. If you lose one there, you know you had a had a freaking good one. But Auburn couldn't land him. Um, Jeez, Louise, I forgot all about that dude. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just remembered him because I remember flipping Notre Dame. I'm like, dang, Auburn Auburn had had somebody it good. Was. Notre Dame wanted on the line. All right, <laughs> that's a step in the right direction. Um, yep. Yep. All right, so Auburn's gonna gonna blow out Alabama State. We know. We know that. What about quick SEC thoughts before we uh, switch to recruiting here, real quick? Georgia, Clemson, any 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 thoughts there? Alabama, Miami, um, Georgia, and Alabama look like more more of the more favorites than than they uh, they did before the season started. But um, 
Kentucky, Missouri, that's a big game this weekend. A&M was, you know, okay. LSU, yikes. Uh, not a great showing in, 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 in L.A. Implosion. Where, where does Auburn fit into the mix? So do, do we say, are they, are they, do they have a better chance of moving, you know, maybe being in that top five in the league now, or is it too early to tell? Well, is third in the West top five overall? I would, th- I would think so, because you got Georgia and then whoever that number two is. You're not going to have the number three in the East probably higher. Florida, Georgia and Florida, Alabama, A&M, Auburn. Yeah, I would think third in the West, is, you're going to be better than third in the East. I would. You're probably a better team. I expect Auburn to beat LSU. I expect Auburn to beat Mississippi State. I expect Auburn to beat Ole Miss at this point in time. I don't expect Auburn to beat Alabama. I don't expect Auburn to beat Georgia. I don't expect Auburn to beat A&M, although I'm not sold on that as much as I was 10 days ago. Yeah. I think with the 12-game schedule I'm looking at, there's nine wins on that schedule. I really think so. If, if Auburn is the team that I think they are, and I'll know a lot more next week, when we're, you know, next week, but right now I think nine wins is very doable. I think eight wins is very, very achievable uh, because I don't expect Alabama. I don't expect Georgia. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm iffy there on A&M, and I'm sure at some point in that schedule – of course, maybe it's just the Gus Malzahn team in me, but I expect like an Ole Miss to come and surprise or an Arkansas to come and surprise. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. Other than that, I, I, you look at that schedule and I can find eight wins right now. Again, I've only seen this team play against Akron for four quarters. Holler back next week after we've been to, uh, to, uh, to Pennsylvania. Yeah. But, but right we, now, but right now, there, there's, there's, some, there's a good season ahead for Auburn, I feel like. And we have all seen an unassuming Auburn team get on a roll. I mean, it would not be the first time that's ever happened. I'll just say that much. So, momentum's a big deal in that schedule, I think. And and st- and it starts at Penn State the next that's week. Right. right on. First year coach's magic happens at Auburn. No doubt. At <laughs> first, at least, you know, that first, second, no more than the third year. Um, it's It's kind of amazing what Auburn can accomplish despite all of its shortcomings um, yeah. in this, yeah. in, in all the competition um, somehow Auburn breaks through and, and does special things. I mean, I think every coach you go back to die Bowden, Tuberville, Chiswick, Miles, every one of them has won an SEC title uh, and all pretty early in their career. Right. Um, or at yep. least been to the, at least been to Tuberville took a little bit longer in 04, but he was there one year in, he was, he won the West in 2000. Um, and then they blew it. They should have won it in 02. Oh, but they blew it. That was a really good team, man. Really good team. That they blew that game against Georgia. Hail Mary crap to Michael Johnson. And then they go to Alabama win. That team, that team whipped LSU. They 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 should have beat oh. Georgia. They beat Alabama. They beat top ten Penn State. Was that Trey uh, Smith's year? That was uh oh, that was that was Carnell. It was not, well, it was Carnell got hurt and it turned into yeah. Ronnie. Okay. And then wasn't it Trey Smith in the Iron Bowl? That, Trey Smith in the Iron Bowl. Cooper yeah. Wallace yeah. playing fullback. And, and, and Jason played quarterback, was a sophomore that year. But that defense was sick. That defense, 2002, you had Dansby, you had Dontarius Thomas, you had Tavares Robinson, you had a young Carlos Rogers, you had, um, oh, my gosh. I mean, Reggie Torbor, you had, um, who else? Wants? Spencer Johnson, DeMarco McNeil. Like, that that defense had a bunch of guys that, that played. Brett Eddins. Ed, Brett Eddins was, was a young guy on that team. Yeah. Yeah, that, that – that, but Dansby and DT – and a young Travis Williams was in there, and um, mm. at yeah. yeah, that defense was that defense was sick. Yeah, um, you look at the 04 seniors, and you go back and you think that was their sophomore year. Yeah, and they were they were <laughs> playing under Carlos Dansby, Dontarius Thomas. Yeah, that's why that 03 team should have should have should have you should have had two straight years. That 03 team, you had Dansby and DT is, I think they left. I think that was their last year. But you had those guys. You had Spencer Johnson yeah. who played with the Bills yes. forever. You had Torbor who played forever in the NFL. Yep. Um. Carlos, I mean, yeah, like you had at least five guys on that defense that played many years in the NFL. Right on. Um, but so, so anyway, yeah, I think I think Auburn's uh, I think Auburn's in there. I think I think they've got a shot. Having Georgia at home is is big. We'll see what they've got. I mean, Georgia's defense is just stupidly good. Um, so that'll yeah. be interesting. Hey, let's talk recruiting here before we get out of here. Big War Room up at AuburnLive.com. If you haven't read it, go check it out. Um, give me some highlights. Give me some highlights. There's a lot of stuff. If you haven't read it, go to auburnlive.com, the original War Room by Jeffrey Lee. Go read it. Bunch of stuff. Let's hit on a couple of the high points 
Jeffrey and Cole, I know both of you guys have some stuff, but Jeffrey, just what are, what are the big takeaways, immediate takeaways in recruiting right now? What are we, what are we watching? What are we looking for? Well, I think we're coming off of that first big weekend last weekend where all eyes were on Darius Clemens, the four-star wide receiver from Portland, Oregon, came down with his uh, father, stepmother, two coaches, spent the night, spent a lot of time with Damari Austin, the running back commitment, and left. And, you know, a lot of guys behind the scenes were hearing we're, – we're putting out very positive vibes for Auburn. And, um, you know, this is the guy who Brian Harson and them first got to Auburn. He was the first guy they offered – uh, there's a lot of relationships there before uh, before they came to Auburn. Number one priority, and sounds like Auburn really hit a home run here. And I, th- I thought that was probably the biggest thing recruiting-wise coming out of our, our into this week. Uh, he's still going to take a visit to Penn, uh, Oregon next weekend, Penn State, he said, although I don't know if he will or not there. It's more of an Oregon-Penn State battle. I mean, Oregon-Auburn battle with him. and. Man, I haven't heard anybody that knows what they're talking about uh, say anything other than, you know, they think Auburn's kind of the front runner right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clemens, I, I think, would be – that would be such a statement win in recruiting for, for this new staff, too. So that's just huge in every sense of it. But – uh, to go along with him, it's possible, um, you know, it's they're still toying around with the idea that there could be another receiver in the class, maybe another tight end, uh, another offensive player like that. Um, right, Jeffrey? That's that's kind yeah, of that's, uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah. You talk more about that, Cole, because I found that you know Cole contributed to this war room uh, big time. He, he had a lot of good information. Some of that was, which I thought. Auburn gets, you know, they've got Amari Kelly from Trustful uh, yeah. committed. They've got Jay Fair from Texas committed. Both of those guys are wide receivers. Both of them are highly recruited. Uh, I thought Darius Clemens, you get Darius Clemens, and Auburn's done at wide receiver. Cole comes in with some info that says, hey, man, not so fast. Uh, Auburn's still looking at at least three other guys that we know of, Cole. Yeah, I, I think the main guy is, is definitely Antonio Williams from Dutch Fork High School in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got, he's got a few SEC schools that are after him. Uh, Clemson was an option at once. I don't think they're quite in the picture anymore. I think it's probably going to be, uh, Ole Miss, South Carolina and Auburn when it comes down to it. Antonio Williams is now going to come visit, uh, officially visit for the Iron Bowl. Um, big time. He's, um, uh, when I, I know his parents went to Ole Miss, I believe is something they, that, ties him there so that's that's going to be one to watch down the stretch but uh no timeline on his commitment so he he, there's time to work on him and uh he's one of those guys he's a four-star guy that he's really talented um you know it's just you can't you can't pass on a guy like that it doesn't matter what the numbers are you take the best player right we kind of have this 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 i remember this being a topic around Auburn Twitter and things like that back when Auburn was taking so many transfers and they and they grabbed some DBs and everybody's like, well, what are you doing? We need offensive linemen. We need receivers. Why are you? It's because there were good DBs out there and you don't let good players go. You take good players whenever you get a chance to get them, right? You, you have to build depth, obviously, but you don't pass on good players. So Antonio Williams fits that category. If they can get him to come to Auburn, they're not going to pass on them. They're not going to worry about the numbers. Uh, that's the guy that they would they would try to get regardless of the numbers in the class. So, and then at tight end, you you got a couple names. There were three guys that that showed up at the first game last week. You got J.C. Sibley, Sively. Um, I think I'm I'm going to go with Sibley. Is his Sibley. last? Yeah. yeah. Uh, for in-state guy, you got uh, Jackson Long came for a visit, and then you had uh. Michael Hawkins from Kentucky, three guys there, uh, all pretty physically impressive in person, uh, just all in the 2022 class. So we were thinking maybe they're looking at another tight end. Then got word that possibly Colston Loveland, a guy that's committed to Michigan right now, is, is somebody they think highly of and 
in the same kind of category as Antonio Williams. Would they take him if they if they could get from? Where's that kid from? Idaho. Idaho. What the heck? So you have to think that there's some previous relationships there because this is not a guy's name we'd heard a lot of. Matter of fact, I think when Cole brought it up to me, I I had never heard of the guy. After doing some research, though, he's from Gooding, Idaho. Uh, You know, Brad Bedell, Brian Harson. Both of those guys coming from Boise, for sure, and um, got to be some pre uh, some prior relationships there. Yeah, <clears throat> but, but yeah, um, take a visit, man. Go out there and see this kid. It's that. It's that. <laughs> Check out Idaho. Yeah, yeah, I would I, love to, dude. Yeah, that'd be an awesome trip. Thank you, fly no fishing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another one of those situations, though. You, they really like the guy. If they can get him in the class, they worry less about the numbers and. And just about getting the player. So that's one name to watch, Antonio Williams. And then uh, maybe, maybe you know, they keep working on a couple of Alabama commits as well. You got Robert Woodyard. You got Emmanuel Henderson, uh, Kobe Prentice, three guys that are all in-state guys that they're still working on. So what do you mean working on? I mean, I mean, like – Let's just be real. By the way, let's be real. Like this is an Auburn podcast. We're 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 talking Auburn. We cover Auburn. But somebody commented on the board today about the fact that Barrett Salee and I talked about Alabama a little bit in our last podcast. Like because we were talking about SEC football. Like guys, Alabama. Is, we're we're what are we? Fifteen years into Nick Saban, he's really good. Alabama's really good. I think we can all get over it, and we can talk about Alabama in a little bit of glowing terms because they're really damn good at football. Okay. Like, yeah. Can we just get past that? So my question is – Oh, the is, best. Absolutely. Right, like, so somebody was like, oh, it's too much Alabama talk. Like, well, they're in the division, and it's the Iron Bowl, so what do you want us to talk about the Iron Bowl? You should be like, Auburn against – well, you know who, but we're not going to talk about it. I mean, so anyway, little little rant. My point is, you're talking about three commits from, from Alabama, but Auburn's staying after them. I mean, me just – like, let's just keep it real. Why brand-new coaching staff at Auburn? What are the chances? I mean, they're staying after them. They're, I mean, like, wh- why would they – What's the end here? What's the angle to try to steal three kids that are committed to Alabama? What are they liking? Why are they listening to Auburn right now? Like them? I, I, I tell you what, man. For the first time since Saban has been there, okay, so all we've seen that these five stars, four stars, top guys going to Alabama, they're sitting for three years. They're sitting for four years. They're playing one or two. And then they're going to the NFL. And for some kids, that's all they care about. But man, the guys that you you're mentioning, the guys that Auburn's going, you know, they're they're kicking the tires on these guys, and they're saying, "Hey, man, how important is their early playing time to you? Because if it's not, then 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 best of luck to you, right?" But these guys want to play, man. They're looking at the depth chart at Alabama. They're looking at the depth charts at Auburn, and they're going, "I could beat out those guys. I'm gonna be sitting for three years over here in Tuscaloosa." Like and, and like I said. Playing for Nick Saban, playing for championships every year, playing for Alabama—that um, that's obviously very enticing. Obviously, yeah. But the, the, these guys, especially Woodyard, uh, Prentice, who was the other one, Cole Henderson. Yeah, I'm not sold on him yet. Uh, only because I've talked to his coach and, uh, and and Emmanuel in the last couple of weeks, and he seems pretty set at all. Alabama. He was saying at least, at least he was saying all the right things. Yeah. But for, for for Woodyard and Prentice. They're going, man, I mean, I'm going to be 21 years old before I get to play football again. After this season, I'm not playing in another game until I'm 21 years old, most likely. Or I'm going to Auburn and I'm playing when I'm 19. I'm playing next season. I'm, I'm getting cracking the two deep in the spring. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's what you're seeing here. Auburn could go ask the rest of the Alabama commitments and they would say, no, nah, man, we're good. Well, I'm going to sit over here for three years and I'm going to play for one or two. I'm going to NFL. Okay, cool. Thanks for showing yeah, but I, oh. but I really think that that that's been the difference is these kids now, I think we're starting to see a couple of these kids going that's committed to Alabama saying, eh, man, three years a long time. Yeah, well, you, you know, you, you look at the, the evaluation side of things, too, and uh, nobody's evaluated players better than Nick Saban in Alabama. So back to what Justin said earlier you have a new staff in place at Auburn who are also really good evaluators. We have proof. Jarquez Hunter. Uh, that was the guy from last year. Nobody really knew about him. They went, they said, okay, that's the guy we want for running back. We needed one. There weren't, you know, a, a plethora of options left, but that was the guy they hand picked. So that, that's why they're going out for Alabama guys, because 
they know that they're the best evaluators in the country and they evaluate the same way. So they see those guys as top talents and they're in state and they're not going to go down without a fight. And they're showing that because they're recruiting guys that are committed to every school around the country. They're, they're trying to poach anybody they can. So that's been a big deal with this coaching staff. And um, I, will they have a shot with them? It's hard to say right now. They're, when I say they're working on them, I mean they're trying to get them to come to games. Right. They're trying to get them to, uh, you know, they're going and visiting them on, at, during their games on, on Friday nights and, and seeing what can happen. They're not going to stop, basically. They're going to recruit these guys till signing day. So they're going to be relentless about it. Got it. Okay. So Colt's predicting three steals from Alabama. Right. Like, Within the next week. Yeah. It's going to be four, actually. Four. Got it. Okay. I'll, I'll tweet that now and then we'll, and then we'll, uh, I'll tag you. Um, yeah. yeah no, that's fascinating. Me. That's, that's, I mean, that's the kind of perspective I was curious about just because, you know, being out of the game a little bit recruiting wise, obviously it's a new staff, but I'm just going, what's the angle right now to try to, to try to convince a kid if you're, if you're Auburn, um, because it's just reality right now. It's just reality. What Alabama's doing right now has never been done before, and it's reality. Absolutely. And there's got to be an angle, and you got to figure something out if you're going to be in the state and recruit. I mean, uh, in the beginning of the Saban era, you know, Tuberville did it, and they, they were still able to get some kids in state. It was new, but it's such a machine now um, that you better have a, a pretty specific angle to, 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 to be able to land kids in, in, the, uh, in, the, in yep. the state. And um, Alabama isn't above. We all know this. Alabama isn't above dropping some kids, yeah. dude. If you're getting Alabama leftovers, <laughs> they're really good players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I take Alabama leftovers all. I could build my class with Alabama leftovers. Sure. <laughs> um, but as far as today, Justin goes for the game. I know it's Alabama State. Uh, it's an early yeah. kickoff. But I was impressed again, once again, with some of the guys that are at least expected to show up today for the game. Want to give you a quick rundown on that, and uh, I know kind of running overtime here, but uh, some of the commitments are coming back. Uh, Damari Austin's coming back. Caden Story's coming. Big time defense lineman from Lynette's coming down for the game. Powell Gordon from Auburn High School. Kobe Albert's coming down from Birmingham. Caleb Wood, Caleb Wooden, Kobe's younger brother's coming over. Uh, so a good group of a good core group of commitments are coming uh tanner bailey the the gordo quarterback who grew up a huge auburn fan committed to, yeah com, <laughs> committed to uh oregon only i think only because there wasn't a lot of push there from auburn side of things um but you know hell he's been coming to auburn games all his life why would he stop now he's a big fan he always probably will be um, one of the, the the guys that are coming, at least on the list right now, that I was surprised to see, and I wrote about this kid, I think last week or the week before, Justin Williams, uh, the four star running back from Dallas, Georgia, who is committed to West Virginia. Hmm. Um, you know, he told me if you know if Auburn wants me to come, I'll come, but I'm pretty locked in at West Virginia. You know, hey, let me make that. But if I, I I'm I, I I will visit if they want me to come visit. He's on the list to come. Uh, Drew Bobo, of course, we we think he's getting closer and closer to making an announcement. Uh, a commitment, which we think Auburn's the team to beat there. And then uh, a, a surprise, kind of a sleeper guy right now. Cole, I'll let you hit on this before we go. Deuce Spurlock, uh, a kind of a big athlete uh, who can do it all from up in Madison, Alabama. Cole knows a little bit about Deuce. He's coming down. Yeah. First of all, great football name. You got to yeah. love that. That's the name. Deuce Spurlock? Yeah, I think his first name might be Timothy, uh, but oh, he goes by Deuce. But he is – I will say is a great name, but it is also what I do every morning after I wake up. <laughs> you had no, I mean, when I go to work, I throw the deuces, man. What was y'all, what was y'all talking about? Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, All right, well, go ahead, Cole. Break it down now. Sure. Uh, <laughs> just have to – yeah, have to shake that off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's a guy to watch, though he is, because he's been around for a while. He was making plays as a as a freshman at Madison Academy, as a sophomore. Uh, just to, whenever when the lights come on, he's making plays every time. Whether it's on offense, defense, he's uh, he's got good speed for a bigger guy. He gets from sideline to sideline well. I've been wondering if if Auburn was going to go after him because the linebacker recruiting is a little confusing right now. It, it, it's you're not really sure who's who the top targets are. It's kind of all over the place. So, you know, back to the in-state guys. Do they do they come back to the in-state guys and see what they got? They're going to evaluate him and, and see if they can if, – if that's somebody they would be willing to take. So, 
just him coming to campus is a big first step in that, I'd say. Um, and, and, you know, he might be a kind of a hybrid guy. They're not quite sure if he's an inside linebacker or if he's an edge guy because, quite frankly, he's not done growing. I mean, he's got a good frame to build on. He could be, um, you know, up to the 225 range when he gets to college. So, so it's just an interesting prospect there from North Alabama, from a school that, that Auburn's done well at. You know, you got Austin Troxel, Malik Miller, Carrion Johnson off from there. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd keep an eye on that guy for sure. So, so before we go, uh, anybody on what's the next week to no, nobody's on commit watch. I mean, I guess Clemens and Bobo, that's really it. Like we're just kind of watching them. Anybody else? Curious to see if Clemens goes to Oregon next weekend, dude, they're playing a school I have never heard of now, Alabama state, you know, Georgia state. I'm not saying Auburn's got a great schedule by any means, but Oregon is playing Stony Brook. They're playing a golf course next weekend. <laughs> have you ever heard of Stony Brook? I, I have. haven't. Okay. But okay. I guess probably ba- in baseball. I feel like I've heard him in baseball. Basketball, maybe. It sounds. It sounds like a golf course to me. It does. It does. It, it is a, right. Is that uh, not a big Sunnybrook? It's a the it's a links course. I okay. saw that. I, I thought they were playing at a neutral site. I didn't realize that's who they were playing. <laughs> yes, they're playing. Uh, so I'll be curious to see if he goes there. I'll be curious to see if he uh, sets up his Penn State visit. I think Drew Bobo is on deck. I think we need to keep an eye on him, maybe setting something up soon. Um, those so wait, are two- you're telling me that quarterback commit Tanner Bailey decided to pass up the Stony Brook game to come to the Auburn-Alabama State game? No, no, no. Oregon's playing at Ohio State today. Ah, okay. So next week. Gotcha. So next week, he, yeah. I just didn't see how he'd want to miss that one is what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Big, big rivalry, man. Oregon-Stony Brook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Oregon's like seven over par against Stony Brook so uh <laughs> <laughs> but hey you know what this was a good day we'll, we'll we'll see how who all shows up today after the game I'll be putting up uh updates Cole will have some pregame uh confirmations on who showed up and uh try to try to dig around uh pregame and postgame and see if we can't find some uh some insider intel from some of these guys that uh like like uh, Justin Williams, like Drew Bobo. See if we can't get some, get some, uh, get some insider intel there on what what's going on with the recruitments in Auburn. Yep. Sounds good, fellas. Well, it'll be a fun day. Should be another Auburn win. Enjoy it, and then it gets real, and then it gets real for, right. for Auburn and, and football and recruiting and, and the whole nine yards. So one more day to to tune up, and then um, and then we're rolling into the season. And in the next yeah, ten games after that, and, and four of those teams are in the top ten, five are in the top twenty. So half your schedule remaining after Alabama State um, <laughs> you know, is is currently ranked ahead of you uh, if you're Auburn. <laughs> um, so it's a, certainly a challenging road ahead uh, for Cole and Jeffrey. Appreciate them joining us. Appreciate everybody listening in. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a fun day. And uh, we'll see you Monday morning with our Monday morning quarterback edition with Ben Leard. Make sure you're on auburnlive.com for game coverage, recruiting coverage, all that good stuff. And we'll keep you up to date. Until then, see ya. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.